Well, here we are. I am glad uh, to be speaking this morning. Your notes that you have in your bulletin might say that uh, Jeff Livingston is preaching, but it is really Ron Turner and Jeff Livingston speaking to you this morning as we continue our series in Family Ties. Now, we do have a set of notes that were um, at the table, an accessory little supplemental sheet. And if you would like one, there are some on the two tables on the side, some in the back. So I would encourage you to grab, grab those so that you can follow along today. Does that sound good? All right. So we've been in a series called Family Ties, but that's actually been under the umbrella of a larger series called All in the Family. And so as we spend 2021 looking at what it looks like to love first and to, like our mission statement says, to be known by love, then I think that it would be valuable for us to, to recognize that God is, God is doing this through uh, a series of interconnected relationships. And so you are part of a family, and you are part of, part of the family that you were born into or the family that you now reside with or the family you are now fellowshipping with, uh, even here. We're part of the church family. Well, I would like to start this morning by reading to you from the Ten Commandments. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 5, and we're going we're gonna to jump into verse 16 of Deuteronomy chapter 5. It says, Honor your father and your mother, as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And so our title of our sermon today is, you want to live long and prosper. And we're going to explore this idea of honoring your parents because as we are in this world, we all have had parents that gave us birth and we have other people who have, who have built into you. And, and here's this command right here in the Ten Commandments that's like, you need to honor your father and your mother. And this is given to the Israelites before they enter into the land and there's this promise, honor your father and mother so that when you go into the land, that it can go well with you. Why is honoring your father and mother such a big deal that it was in the Ten Commandments? We're going to explore that today. And so Ron and I, we're going to do a little bit of a tag team. And I want to invite Ron now, if you would, if you want to talk a little bit about just this, this command and just start to ponder about some of its potential benefits. Do you want to address the placement of the command? Yeah. So I was wondering, is this command number five or command number six? Let's see. Depends on how you count them, but I believe it's number five. And it's right in between the command to love God and the relationship with him and then our relationship with other people. So what's yeah. the significance of that? Well, it is interesting that you have all these commands and they're about how to love God. And then the, the next block of commands is how to love people. You know, and the very first one with prominence right there is, is this command, to honor your father and your mother. So it transitions for our relationship with God then to how we relate to each other with this very important command yeah. that's related to how we relate to our parents. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Are you going to, I can clear this off as you transition over here. 
this. That's fine. That's just fine. don't drink my water. You had your COVID shot? <laughs> um, just some potential benefits that are linked to this command. Uh, Jeff read from the, NI, uh, the New International Version translation, but if you have the Holman uh, standard, it reads live long and prosper instead of that it may go well with you in the land. So ergo, Jeff thought it would be cool to have that as the title of the sermon, live long and prosper. If you want to live long and prosper, then honor your parents. So what are some benefits, potential benefits that are linked to this command? Could it be that the very quality of our life that I, we experience today is tied to your obedience to this command? Could it be that a part of your longing and quest to become an adult, a mature adult, is connected with this command to honor your parents? Could it be that obeying this command is a major step towards true spiritual maturity in your life? Could it be, um, could it be that you could forge a deeper, more meaningful relationship with your parents by honoring them? Could it be that your parents are just as desperate, desperate to receive approval and affirmation from you as you are from them? Could it be that the legacy you live to the next generation, whether you're single or married, is deeply connected to your relationship with your parents and whether or not you honor them? Could it be that God is honored and pleased when we honor our parents in obedience to his command? And on a broader scale, could it be that the very survival of our nation is tied to its sons and daughters honoring their parents? And, you know, we bring this up today, and we, we're, we're talking about this topic, but we, I mean, we acknowledge that many of us have had parents that have passed. Uh, we understand that. Some of you um, have not been parents yourself in your, in your lifetime, and we acknowledge that, and yet God saw fit to include this part uh, in Scripture, and so this is important for, uh, for all of us to be uh, aware of and, and applying and seeking to how does this apply to our life. But what does it mean today to honor our parents? What does it mean? I mean, we even acknowledge that many of some of the wounds that we've experienced in our lives have come at the, the words or the hands of our parents. You know, we acknowledge all this to be true, and yet the command is there that we need to honor our parents. And so that's kind of the, you know, some of the things that we're wading through that we've had to wade through over the last couple of weeks. But let's just talk about some of the things, like let's, five different aspects of what it means to honor your parents. And so, first of all, it's going to involve listening to instruction. Another good word for that is obedience. Uh, but I use listening to instruction because it does allow it to, to morph. Because when you're a child and uh, a young person, it's more important that we obey our parents, right? Uh, I don't go to my mom and I ask her, you know, like, try to obey her uh, you know, demands anymore. That'd be interesting. Anymore. Well, anymore. Like I ever did, right? Is that what you're saying, Ron? <laughs> okay. But uh, she, had the, she had a way to get me to obey, and that was usually, I'm going to tell your father. <laughs> you wait till he gets home. Okay, well, Ephesians 6, 1 to 3, it makes this, this link, and I want to read Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Because it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So here's Paul in his 
exhorting the church in Ephesus. These are, this is a, a section that he's like, children, write to the children, obey your parents. But obviously here we are, our children aren't here. Uh, most of them are in classes over here, so I'm not going to try to address the children. But in a little bit, I will address those who are parents and why is it important that our children learn to obey. So that's coming up. But let's go to number two. We're just going to get these five aspects kind of out there, and then we're going to look to apply them. So it involves respecting a position of authority. It involves having a respect, an appreciation, an under... Well, that's actually the next one, understanding. Uh, but like the, the placement of an authority figure uh, in their life uh, and honoring our mother and our father... It's about understanding that they have been put there by God in your life. Number three, it involves understanding their significance. Understanding their significance. You know, honor in the Greek is actually means to highly value, to highly value something. And I was thinking about honor. And when I want to honor something, am I giving it more honor than it was, than it, that it already had? Or am I recognizing the true value that it already had? You know what I'm saying? So you might say, I want to honor the Lord. What are you doing there? Are you going to give God something that he doesn't deserve? Give him accolades that he hasn't earned? No, you're, you're, it's a recognition and understanding of what is truly valuable. And that takes perspective. And sometimes, you okay? All right, good. All right. Gotta make sure you're awake. Let's get that for you. I'll drop it again. (laughs) So, an understanding of their of their significance, and you know, the value of a person does not fluctuate. The value of your mother and your father does not fluctuate. It's not like a commodity. That, it, that goes up and down based on, you know, the market, based on how many people in society value a particular thing. What the world thinks of mothers and fathers is insignificant. Their value does not change. It's given to them because we are understanding who they are as from the Lord and how the Lord sees them. 2 Corinthians 5.16. I think these verses are in your notes and they're, they're worth looking at. So, fourthly, involving, uh, honoring your parents involves giving and seeking forgiveness. And so, I'll read Colossians 3.13. Colossians 3.13 says, bearing with one another, if one has a complaint, a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. So that's the fourth aspect that we're going to be diving into a little bit today. And then finally, it involves an expressing of compassion. And I was thinking of 2 Timothy 5, 8. And there's, there's parts in that, in that talk about how if, if you're not taking care of your house, like, you've got major problems. You can read those verses in 1 Timothy 
And it's really an expression of love. I included 1 Corinthians 13 in there because uh, that's what we're called to do. Compassion is, I don't want to steal, Ron's going to be talking about that, but giving our parents what they need when they need it. Let's define compassion that way. What do your parents need now? And finding ways to give them what they need at the time in which they need it. Okay, so those are our five aspects of what it means. Would you like this to stay here? No, you're fine. All right, I want to have enough room for it. No, you're fine. You're what about your water bottle? Okay, you got that one. It'll fit fine, yeah. You know, one of the things that often overlooked with this commandment is the second part of it, and Paul even brings attention to it in, the, in Ephesians, uh, saying that this is the first commandment with a promise. And that promise, again, uh, generated a title to, the, to this time, uh, live long and prosper, but that, that it may go well with you in the land in which you occupy. Think about that in practical terms. What do you think that might mean, that it may go well with you and you will live long? I, I was reminded, uh, this will date me a little bit, is when Bill Cosby had the Cosby show years ago and even some of his earlier stand-up comedy, he would tell his kids, he'd threaten them, he says, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. And so this idea of living long and prosper from a literal standpoint, let me read you a passage um, in Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21, which is a literal way of saying, I took you, I brought you in this world and I can take you out. How do you handle disobedient children? Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21 says, suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father and mother, even though they discipline him. In such a case, the father and mother must take the son to the elders. The parents may say to the elders, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and refuses to obey. And then here, here is the result of that disobedience. Then all of the men of his town will stone him to death. In this way, you'll know you'll purge this evil from among you. So in a very little, literal sense, obeying your father and mother will keep your life going, hopefully, uh, you wouldn't be subject to this sort of punishment or, or result. Um, theologian Martin Lloyd-Jones comments about this promise. What it is meant to convey is that God is very well pleased with people who observe this commandment and that if we set ourselves to observe these commandments and this one in particular for the right reason, then God will look upon us with favor and smile and bless us. And he says, thank you, God, for this promise. I think for me, uh, a, a bottom line conclusion to that would be honoring our parents helps us finish the process of growing into adulthood. This long, uh, long life helps uh, in that process, helps us to grow into adulthood by being obedient to parents. There is such a direct uh, key link to that obedience issue. So we've been talking about what it looks like to... Uh, kind of like define, we've been trying to define, honor your parents. We had five aspects, and, um, and then we pondered some of the, the potential benefits and then realized there's actually a, a promise associated with uh, honoring your parents and a promise that, um, that is significant. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to transition into some more of the, uh, the application. So what does it look like to... Uh, live long and prosper um, as a child? What does it look like to live long and prosper as a youth? 
and then as an adult. Um, and really, we're I'm interchanging the promise for the command. What does it look like to honor your parents as a, as a child or as a youth? You know, yeah, like I said, the kids aren't here, but the question, why do we need to, to, to think about this for, for our kids? And I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 7 with you. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you, when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. It gives parents this opportunity to, it's, it's, I guess what I'm saying right here is that it's the, the deep desire is that our children will grow up loving the Lord with all their heart and their soul and mind and strength, just as he's commanded us to. And the thing is, what we teach our children in the home is going to, I, one, what did that one guy say? He said, home is where life makes up. Yeah. yeah, home is where life makes up his mind, and, and so much of your child's future is tied to, can, can it root back to this time when they're in your home, and they're learning what it looks like to honor you as parents, and to learn obedience, and that's a high calling, because it's teaching them what it's going to look like to follow the Lord and follow someone who sometimes is going to require things that is not how they feel or ask them to do things that they're not wanting to in the moment. And so we have this opportunity in the home to uh, grow, help our children grow into a love relationship, an intimate connection with God. And so what we do in the home and teaching obedience is a way for them to, to learn how to follow their Savior. And so um, I just wanted to bring that up. And then I wanted to, as we talk about youth, I wanted to read a, a section out of Proverbs. And so it's Proverbs chapter 2, uh, and we're just going to read a few verses there. And you know, I was thinking about youth, like, why would God ask youth to honor their parents, you know, and it's like, our parents, I mean, we obviously know more than our parents, right? And so, it's like, you know, if I could find, okay, after Psalms, and uh, I think it's going to be on the slides, is that true, is it behind me? So, Proverbs 2, verse 1, all right, so, my son, if you receive my word, and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He's a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. And what I want to say is that as youth, you have been given parents and then asked to honor them, and their heart is to teach you in wisdom and to point you to the Lord. And it's, as parents, we got to make sure that we're fighting the right battles with our kids. You know, for the, you know if you got children and you got adults, like, we're not just creating rules for them to obey just to, to break their will. And as youth, it starts to, starts to almost feel like that. Because as you're growing as youth and you start to understand like your, your, your uniqueness, we, we have to be careful because certainly, and certainly as you develop your own personality and the differences between you and your parents, you're creating a contrast. Your parents really are the backdrop of which, in which you're going to contrast yourself. I don't want to be like that. I'm never going to tell jokes like that. I'm never going to say these things. I'm never going to, you know, like... We start to try to, you know, I am not my, my dad's, you know, son in, in these ways, you know what I mean? Or you understand what I'm saying? Of course, we're contrasting ourselves to what we've experienced, but we have to be careful that we do find a way to do that. What does it look like for you to honor your mother and father, even as you come to understand your, your uniqueness? And I think that's something that is worth pondering and exploring, and the understanding that they're not there just to, they're not there just to be roadblocks, barriers to your ambition, and the things that God is stirring in your heart, and you think, well, they don't understand, they don't know as much as me, they don't got the energy to do it, they just don't care, they don't see it my way, and so I'm just going to do it despite or in spite of, you know, and I think honoring your parents and listening to instruction is this, this passage in Proverbs, like, I think that you need to realize that there is some perspective that your parents have because they've been there. You're not the first one to think that your parents don't get it. You know what I mean? Where you're at right now, you're not the first generation that thought their parents were out of touch. And we got to be careful that we don't become, as you move, as you become 20-year-olds and, you know, and 30-year-olds, and you start to think, well, why am I so messed up? Uh, and you start to, you know, in our minds, we start to bash you know, oh yeah, my dad did this, and my mom did this, and you know what I mean? And you start, the things that you say, and the things you start to, the way you speak to them, can all become, they all start to get a little bit, what's the word? Let's just say, nearsighted. You know, like you lose perspective, and because, but like we got to appreciate who they are, and how much they've loved you, and sought to nurture you and sacrifice for you. And these are things that a lot of times you don't turn around and realize until you're 35 and 40 years old. 
You know what I mean? But you can start to value and honor them now, and we're expected to honor and to value our parents for who they are even now. Okay. That's enough of that. That transition, I can remember how smart my parents got in my four years in college. It's amazing. Uh, I went through college, and they got smarter. By the time I graduated from college, they were super smart. And I don't know how that transition took place, but it, 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 it did. It's a reality. I want to do, in the time that Jeff has left me, <clears throat> I, want to do, I would like to do a deep dive into what it looks like for adult children to honor their parents. We talked about the significance of honoring our parents and how it is linked so inextricably, is that a good word? Yeah. Extricably, to even who we are as adults today. Uh, the chains, in some cases, that still bind us to our parents because of resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness towards them, as well as the legacy they passed on to us, character traits, the way we deal and handle with situations, the way we think, the way we process things, even our personalities having that strong link. Um, in his book, uh, Dennis Rainey, The Tribute, it's a book that was published in the 80s and it's been republished uh, under the title, The Forgotten Commandment, that deals with this. He says that, and uh, Jeff touched on this, we like to bash our parents. We've taken to bashing them, blaming them, attacking them for their own faults and failures and how we turned out it's mom and dad's fault or it's my parents' fault that I'm this way. As messed up as we get, we try, as messed up as things we do, we try to blame it on our parents. However, he says, honoring our parents is a command for all children, regardless of age. There's no get out of jail free, no exception clause in this commandment that exempts adult children. So it's just as significant for us as adults to honor our parents, even though in some cases our parents may have been abusive, they may have been cruel. Um, they maybe even have passed on now, but this idea of honoring our parents is still linked to our, how we view and see life. So honoring our parents is choosing to place a great value on our relationship with them, recognizing what they have done right in our lives. Do we not tend to focus on the negatives of things they did or didn't do or how they treated us or the unfairness of a situation as we perceived it? recognizing the sacrifices they made for us. It is an attitude that's accompanied by action that says to them, you are worthy, you have value, you are a person God sovereignly placed in my life, and I choose to look at you with compassion, a person with needs and concerns and scars of your own. So it's this mindset of how we even approach and view our parents. Um, from a practical standpoint, there's three gifts that we can give them as adult we can give them the gift of understanding, forgiveness, and compassion. And hopefully I'll run through these pretty quickly. Uh, the gift of understanding is, is extending grace to our parents, um, looking at them through the eyes of Christ, as it were. If we can begin to view our parents through the eyes of Christ, the way he sees them, saw them, or what have you, as, as individuals for whom he died, and extended his grace to them, that is the gift of understanding. It's not to harbor anger towards them for wrongs in the past, but to see them as, as individuals in the eyes of Christ for whom he died. The gift of forgiveness, Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, 
forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. Again, the forgiveness issue that, that uh, Jeff has already alluded to, this idea of forgiving our parents. It's, we can read Scripture with the principles of Scripture, and it's easy to say, okay, I'm going to apply that to out there. But taking Scripture, and especially something that's this personal, if you want to call it that, and applying it to a relationship with your parents or your mate or your children or whomever, taking these things and saying, how, how does forgiveness apply in my relationship with my parents? Well, there's two aspects of extending forgiveness. One is to extend it to, your, to our parents for those things that, again, that they may have wronged you or, or treated you unfairly or you, you still have this grudge against them for things that happened in your childhood. And then there is a, the aspect of extending or asking them for forgiveness. Have you ever thought about doing that to your parents, asking them to forgive you for being such a brat when you were growing up, for being rebellious, for causing their life to be just miserable? I can think back over so many things in my life that I just was merciless and, and cruel to my mother. Nothing, you know, over the edge, but I just was relentless just because of me and my personality. It's not an excuse, but I was ornery. I was ornery to her. Don't laugh so loud, Deborah. But, but I, I was ornery. But parents, um, it, and, and so Betsy and I, I'm going to refer to something here in a minute. We wrote a tribute that I'm going to talk about in a minute to our parents. And one of the things we did in there is we asked for forgiveness for some of the things that we had done as children, or, or even more importantly, teenagers is where it really came out because there was a lot more head-butting during, that te- during those teenage years. And so even learning to ask for forgiveness from our parents for the times we really messed up, they made their lives miserable in some cases. You, you know, you did, we did. Um, uh, something to remember when we go to ask forgiveness from our parents, you want to ask God for directions in that process, go to your parents. If you can, go directly to them. It's a face-to-face situation, not send them an email and, oh, Dad, I'm sorry I was messed up or I did all of this good stuff. Go to them and, and approach them with, with, uh, and ask them to forgive you. And then be specific about some things that God brings to your life. Certainly asking God for direction, he's going to reveal to you some of those areas where you may have been more than just a brat. You may have caused a lot of anguish uh, to them and even questioning, you know, why did we even have kids? And it was too late not to have them at that point. So, um, and then be willing to leave the results to God. Uh, don't necessarily expect when you ask your parents for forgiveness in this area that it's going to be immediate. Some of them may be taken completely off guard and not even realize, uh, you know, who is this? What have you done to my kid? Who is this person? What have you done to my, my child? Um, but in some cases, the hurt even goes deeper. Some parents, uh, children cause a lot of pain to their parents. Even adult children cause a lot of pain to their parents. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that unless we deal with it in our lives, uh, we, we tend to stay on that track. And our act of disobedience, even to the Lord, can be very painful to our parents who, for the most part, have invested their lives in trying to bring us up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Okay, uh, real quickly to the gift of compassion. Paul says in Colossians 3.12, put on the heart of compassion. This is the specific, take specific steps to demonstrate your care and concern for them. 
Rather than finding fault, treat them as we wish to be treated. Compassion is love in action. If understanding means looking at your parents through the eyes of Christ, then compassion involves responding with the heart of Christ. The gift of compassion involves meeting your parents at their point of need, giving your parents a blessing instead of an insult, and praying for them, especially their spiritual needs. So, honoring your parents means seeing them through the eyes of Christ with understanding and compassion and forgiving them as Christ has forgiven you. You had to capsulize the, what we've just talked about. So, here's what I'd like to challenge you with. I mentioned the tribute. Um, it is a very practical way for us to honor our parents. It's not difficult. Uh, it makes it easy to do because it's just a matter of sitting down and writing a letter. Uh, and expressing some things we're gonna, I'm going to share with you in just a minute. Um, some questions. First of all, make sure prepare your heart. Pray. Questions to get you started are, are you willing to look at your parents through the eyes of Christ? Are you looking to God rather than to your parents for approval? Are your motives pure? Are you seeking to manipulate your parents through this gesture in any way? Is giving them honor your ultimate goal? Is that your desire? Are you prepared to honor them regardless of what their response is? Do you need to ask forgiveness for anything? Are you willing to forgive them for how they may have hurt you? And then create a memory list um, in the back. Well, up here on either side of the stage, there is, are some what's called a memory list to trigger and prompt um, memories of, of being a childhood, favorite times together, vacations, events, things you did together as a family uh, to trigger you in this area to kind of help you begin thinking about these things. Um, organize your material, write out the tribute, frame it, and then go to them in person to present it. Um, if they're still alive and if there's any way physically possible to do that, do it in person. Um, again, there is depth in that and sig the significance of that is going to be exceptional. Um, you can do it publicly, so maybe at a family reunion, an anniversary, or a birthday, something of that nature that is something that w w you can share with others as you honor them in this way. You can do it privately, maybe in a getaway, a weekend together, just some time alone, guys fishing or whatever, you know, you and your parents and or dad did. And then uh, another possibility is to do it with your children watching. If you want to plant the seeds of demonstrating honor to your adult parents then have your children watch you in terms of how you respond to them. Um, Betsy and I did this early on, uh, when I say early on, uh, probably 20, 30 years ago, to our parents. And it was extremely encouraging to them. Um, fortunately, we had a fairly good relationship with our parents. And so by sharing this tribute with them, uh, they were encouraged as parents. Parents live with a lot of guilt and shame because of their failures as parents. And so by doing this, you again encourage them that, you know, you didn't blow it. Yeah, you made mistakes because you're human, you're sinful, but look at how I turned out. And hopefully you can say that. <laughs> look how I turned out. Uh, on the other, uh, other hand, I had a good friend that Betsy and I work with um, 
shared ministry with in family life here years, many years ago. And he had a very strange relationship with his father. But this really convicted him. And so he prepared a tribute, flew back to back east somewhere, and presented this to his dad. And his dad was very cold and unexpressive and basically just pushed him off, just kind of shoved him away. And so he had to remind himself that he's not responsible for the results God was to allow this to work in his dad's heart. He left that brief visit not having any sense any resolution. And six months later, he flew back out to see him, and his dad broke down in tears uh, at that time and, and was able to express some things in his life. Uh, again, there's no guarantee the results have to be left in God's hand. Our responsibility as adult children is to honor our parents. And so, as I mentioned, the ideas are there, uh, and there's, I think there's some on the, each of the tables as you leave today. Would you like to say anything, sir? Well, I just wanted to read one of the things that you wrote in here, this, this part right here, because I really feel like one of the biggest things maybe this morning is forgiveness. And uh, that we all probably need, you know, maybe you've walked through it before, but forgiveness is something that we, uh, you know, have to revisit at times in our lives. And uh, what you wrote here says, forgiveness frees. Yes, it, it says, if you harbor bitterness and anger towards your parents, you will feel hindered in any attempt to honor them. Honor can be imprisoned by anger, cemented by disappointment, shackled by unmet expectations. But forgiveness frees us. It is a choice that we make to make, break free from the cycle of hurt and anger. It gives us freedom to begin creating a new future, yeah. and in this case, specifically with our parents. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Well, thank you, Ron. All right, what we're going to do now is we're going to close our time in prayer, and we're going to be dismissed. So let's, uh, let's bow together. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge, Lord, that uh, this is your word, and these are your commands, and we've been trying to, to ponder them and, and uh, consider, Lord, how these might... Uh, challenges us today, Lord, and I pray that as we, as we do, that we would work our way toward um, a tenderness uh, and a forgiving heart so that we could truly honor, Lord, our parents and uh, understand the, the, the way that that helps us to, to be in alignment with you and how that can bless us in our future and our future relationships and possibly uh, even with the relationship with our parents if they're still living. Lord, I just thank you for your word, God, and depth, and uh, it's, it's uh, ability to, to get right in there and uh, to dig at us, Lord. And so uh, I just want to pray for us, Lord, your church, that we would be responsive to you and your spirit. In your name we pray. Amen.